0: All right, hey, hey, welcome back to the No Bullcrap Podcast. I am in the studio once again with my incredibly knowledgeable father for part three. He's knowledgeable? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Did y'all hear Um, that? (laughs) <laughs> this is on tape too, right? This is on tape. Like this it. is part three of this election series that we're doing to update you guys on what's going on and get an inside scoop on the constitutionality of everything. And so uh, we're going to dive into all that. But first, if you want to pick up one of these awesome hats that mobile man's wearing, uh, defender-gear.com. Old. It's, old. it's a phrase. You're not that old. old. I mean, you're you're get, you're get hitting the mountain. Mm. What's that mountain where you started heading Still got down? a chiseled okay. chin. I, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you still look good, you still good. Anyway, defender-gear.com, code Reagan10 for 10% off. Saw a video of Chris Hemsworth working out, thought that's me, that looks
1: just like... Okay, maybe not. Maybe, maybe now not. I'm in fantasy land. Yeah. Right.
0: We, we can all dream a little yeah. bit. But anyway, let's uh, let's get over to the election stuff. So, okay. Um, real quick... Wait, first
1: show off this, uh, this is the only mask
0: anyone should ever oh, wear. You shouldn't right, wear a mask right.
1: anywhere unless they're absolutely going to make you. Because yes, I don't know if you can read it. Worthless. This, it says... Uh, useless.
0: This mask is as useless as... Our government, yeah, which, our uh, governor, governor. Yeah. There we go, governor. Uh, our governor in Texas, which is uh, very true and uh, real to the time right now. So we're not
1: talking about COVID though, right? No, masks don't work. Just so you know, if they, they did, don't. California, they Hawaii, New York, they would have no cases. Yeah, there. and yeah.
0: if you want a little bit of update on COVID, go watch my dad's Facebook live that he just did today, uh, December twentieth. And believe later is this week, date.
1: and and listen to Conservative Review, which is Daniel Horowitz. Yes. Great podcast, and he covers the COVID fascism really well. Okay, sorry, Absolutely. I didn't mean to get off track. No, you're good. You're good. You Am uh, I supposed to look at any
0: camera, or does it matter? If you want to talk to the camera, you talk to that one. We can both so know, if I've got like
1: that. a really serious
0: point, and really I'm going to lean into one. the camera and be like... Yeah, also, if you can't see what we're doing, you can go watch the podcast, the video podcast, on my Instagram. Um, if you are already following, you know where that is. But if you're listening, sorry you can't see what we're doing. I
1: thought Instagram had to be like 60 seconds. No, you, you can, can post up to
0: an hour on IGTV. I know nothing is what, okay. I, is what yeah. I post this on. Got gotcha. so. right. All right, anyway, let's jump into the election. Sorry, guys. Uh, just catch us up. What are some broad, big things that have happened since we did our, our last So when podcast? will people
1: see this? This is this is like this week, like before yeah, Christmas? Within so the next people, couple of days. Okay. Yep. All right, so folks, listen. There's still time for this election to turn out the right way. And when I say the right way, I mean like the votes actually were. Um, anybody watching this knows the election has, has been stolen. Um, not just by the fraud, it's been stolen by the illegal changing of the rules at the last minute by several of these states. So um, there's been a lot of lawsuits to try to prove this. Almost all the courts have been cowards and they've kicked the can down the road and refused to even hear the case, even to look at the facts. And so... What I like to remind people about is the stuff that happened publicly. So not even the stuff in private. Not even the, you know, faking a, a pipe burst in order to kick out the Republican poll watchers so that the Democrats could keep counting all night. Who knows what happened when... They, I'm not even talking about that stuff, okay? I'm talking about right up front, governors and secretaries of state changed the rules at the last minute to help their team. That is illegal. It's unconstitutional. The Constitution says that only the legislature, not the governor, legislature means your state reps and your state senators in your state only they can can make election law and so what all, all of these schemes that were put into place to try to help the democrats were illegal those votes should not be counted and so that's the type of challenges that the supreme court should be hearing and still could hear so let me your an, answer to your question is what could still happen first of all the legislatures in these key states Pennsylvania Michigan Wisconsin and Georgia but also to some degree Arizona and Nevada Um, those legislatures absolutely could and should meet and send a new set of electors to the congress to be opened on january 6th that's that's step one that's the number one way that this thing could be corrected and that's the constitutional way that's the that's that's the way our founders laid it out that's really the only way it could be done without a knockdown, dragout drag out fight second way well the second way could be done without that too and that is the supreme court actually does their job and they uphold the rule of law in the Constitution, and they kick out Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia's results. Um, if either of those two things happen, then more than likely on January 6th, when Congress meets, um, there will, no one will get 270, and it'll go to the House of Representatives, and the state delegations in the House will choose Donald Trump. So January 6th is the date to be watching for. that's the this big win it's all going to go down yep right yep because even if those two items that i said state legislatures and the courts if they don't do their job congress could still do their job and on january 6th here's how the constitution works okay here's what happens these electors the president is chosen by electors in each state um, their votes have now been cast on december 14th they've been sent to washington dc and on january 6th mike pence will be president of the Senate still. He's president of the Senate until January 20th. So so the, the, the 12th Amendment lays out that the new Congress will meet on January 3rd, so our new members of the Senate and the House will be sworn in, and that the president and vice president will be sworn in on January 20th. So what happens in between there is on January 6th, the new Congress will gather in the House of Representatives chamber. It'll look like the State mm. of the Union, if you've ever watched that. And Mike Pence will be sitting up there, in charge all right he's the vice president he's the president of the senate and the and the 12th amendment says he's the one that will i said Twelfth, 20th amendment decides the dates 12th amendment is the one that lays out how we're going to do this and it just basically says they'll open the ballots and they'll count the ballots so if you have two sets of ballots from these seven states that have sent two sets of electors mike pence has got to decide which ones to count Well, which ones do you think he's going to decide to count dang you know so there's a lot of so those
0: are these that's the kind of things that are up in the air that nobody knows what is going to happen until it actually happens yeah in in in, in truth that is exactly right there is anything like that ever happened before have we ever been in this kind of situation exactly
1: this scenario where multiple states have sent multiple exact same thing happened in 1876 i know that sounds like a really long time ago and it was 150 years ago Hmm. essentially the halfway mark between the Hmm. founding of our country and now um so in 1876 it was Rutherford B Hayes versus Samuel Tilden and very similar to this scenario you had in that case three states that sent two sets of electors and Congress had a big argument over how to count what they ended up with a with a uh, commission to make the decision five house members five senate members and five supreme court justices so that was kind of weird but that's how they did it mm. And uh, ultimately gave the race to, to Rutherford B. Hayes, which, who was not ahead, by the way. Samuel Tilden was only one electoral vote away from being president on election night, basically. Mm-hmm. There were 20 votes that were up in the air over these multiple slates of electors. One, Actually, one of those came from Oregon. It wasn't two slates. It was a whole other thing. Anyway, bottom line is, 20 votes were in question and ultimately given to Rutherford B. Hayes, and he won by one vote.
0: And who was the deciding factor in in that case? Well,
1: interestingly enough, there was a Republican Senate and a Democrat House, Mm -hmm. just like we have right now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they were split on how to to do this, and that's why they ended up with the commission. Now, they actually, what they did agree on was they passed a federal law right then and said, here's how we're going to determine the outcome. And that created the commission by federal law, created the commission, and then, and then the commission gave the 20 votes ultimately to... It, it was really a brokered deal because the Democrats said, okay, we'll let you have this. Mm-hmm. Rutherford B. Hayes will now be president, but only if you end Reconstruction in the South. And and for those who haven't had history in their education, Reconstruction was after the Civil War, forcing the racist Democrats in the South to to stop killing blacks. They were literally hanging blacks um, to, to, to allow blacks to vote, to not treat... Mm-hmm. Um, the freed slaves horribly is what is what Reconstruction was all about. Mm-hmm. And so this this brokered deal in 1876, which was about a decade after Reconstruction had been going on, essentially said, okay, you guys get the White House, but Reconstruction is over.
0: Okay, so um, I'm a little, it's a big deal, but I'm a little less interested, in, for the podcast sake, of w- whether Trump gets reelected or not, or we our hopes for Trump getting reelected. I, we, I think, need to be talking more about the actual uh constitutionality function of how this is all going down like everybody knows where you stand on trump or not but the confusion the confusing part of all this is how it happens and how it actually needs to take place and so if on january 6th it just everything goes to crap and everybody is so confused and nobody knows what to do who is the one to like make decisions on can we create another commission? Or how would we go about if Mike Pence starts opening electors and people disagree? And yeah, and they could.
1: No, they could. I mean, I I, I find that it's hard for us to imagine that happening, right? Mm-hmm. That the Democrats and Republicans would agree on what a commission would even look like. True. What's What's possible is that they, the Democrats say, you know, absolutely not. Joe Biden won this election. Y'all are trying to steal it. Republicans continue to say Donald Trump won this election and y'all have already stole it. And and, you know, somebody's got to decide and maybe it goes to the Supreme Court to decide that the way they're counting the electoral votes has to go a certain way based on how the Supreme mm-hmm. Court interprets the Constitution. Mm-hmm. That could happen. And that would probably cause everybody to say, not that I agree with this, but but most people tend to think the Supreme Court is the end all be all. And so if they yeah. rule, then most people in America will think all oh, the high and mighty Supreme Court has ruled. Yeah. And they'll pretty much back off at that point. Um, as you know from taking my constitution class, the court course. should not be the final yes.
0: say on all these things.
1: <laughs> you paid attention in the constitution yes, class, of right? Course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, that's great. And, and honestly, we're kind of doing that right now. A lot of people on the right, just wanting the Supreme Court to invalidate some states. They're trying to get the Supreme Court to be the end all be all. And when it should it. be the legislatures. Exactly. I mean, this, this is really
1: the take home message. No matter what happens on January 6th, when you're asking who can solve this, mm-hmm. Everybody needs to realize the state reps and state senators, not the U.S. reps. And and, and I, I realize we don't teach civics anymore, okay? I used to be called a congressman all the time, even <laughs> though I was a state rep. People just don't know the difference. Yeah. So you have people that are elected to serve in your state house and state senate. Mm-hmm. That's at your state capitol. So if, for those of you watching in Texas, you, it's in Austin, okay? Mm-hmm. And depending on your state, at your state capitol, your state reps and state senators meet. And then you also elect U.S. House and U.S. Senators, and you send them off to Washington, D.C. to meet. Mm -hmm. And the real power of our system was entrusted to the state reps and the state senators, not the federal guys. Why? Because those guys are way, way away from us, right? They're a long ways away. It's a lot harder to hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. You can hold your state rep accountable fairly easily. Um, And so I'm hoping that at the end of this, we've had a reminder of what federalism is and how the states are the ones in charge and the state reps need to tighten their election law, they need to get rid of the fraud in their own states, right? And so mm-hmm. a Democrat state that benefited from the fraud, they're probably not going to do that. But mm-hmm. a red state, a Georgia, where, where the election was clearly stolen in Fulton County, I mean, that's a Republican legislature. Those state reps and those state senators and the governor there are responsible mm. for fixing the problem. Yeah. And that, if that happens in the red states, then at least we'll have a beacon of hope to say, hey, We should all agree on what a free and fair election is. I mean, nobody will admit publicly that they would want to cheat to win, Mm -hmm. right? I would hope that even Democrats would say, we don't want to cheat to win. We want the person with the most votes to win in an individual state. Mm -hmm. And so let's all agree that we should have free and fair elections, that there should be transparency. We should be able to watch the counting of the votes And if it's close, we should be able to recount those votes again and make sure we got it right. We Mm. should only count legal votes, not illegal votes. If we can't agree on those things, then we do need a national divorce. I'm hoping we don't go to a national divorce. But we got to agree on the basic idea that representative government only works if you can choose your representatives and Mm. know that they were chosen
0: fairly and lawfully. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that Texas lawsuit for a second and... um, the the precedent that a lot of people on the right thought that it was creating in that this would that would open the door for states starting to meddle in other states yeah. jurisdictions and, you know, crossing over into people's territory, they shouldn't in areas involving other states. They shouldn't be. Um, my question is, when it comes to a national election like this, if states are able to get away with cheating and able to affect the Electoral College in such a way that it disempowers, say, Texas's mm-hmm. desired outcome. Is that not then affecting not only Texas, but all those states as well, and, and is that not an appropriate action to take, the lawsuit that Texas tried to present so, there?
1: Let, let me answer it first in the idealistic mm-hmm. constitutional world the founders designed, okay. which, which is that there is no national election. The, <laughs> there is no national election for the president. There are 50 state elections for the president. Hmm. And then those elections are all compiled and counted by the Electoral College. And that result impacts us nationally. But there is no and there should not be a national election in the idealistic constitutional mm-hmm. world that was designed. Because otherwise, then then you have federal law controlling your state elections and so if the left gets in, in charge, they'll say you can't have voter ID even in your state that wants voter ID. Why should you want voter ID? Back to what we wanted, free and fair elections where only legal votes are being counted. And it's only with voter ID that you can make sure that you are Reagan Green. When you come in to vote, I can look at your ID. Okay, Reagan Green was here. Reagan Green voted. Now if the next mm-hmm. guy comes in and says he's Reagan Green without an ID, I know that's an illegal vote. Mm-hmm. right? Um, so, but, but if you federalize the elections, the Democrats don't want voter ID. Because they want illegal people to be able to vote. That's how they, I mean, let's just be honest, that's how they win. They mm-hmm. love turning out illegal immigrants to vote. They love turning out dead people to vote. You'll notice that mm-hmm. all of that benefits Democrats in election. I know there's some Republicans that cheat too, but I'm, on a national average on elections, that's that's how it works. Yeah. So anyway, the ideal world is that no, there's not a national election, mm-hmm. and the court actually got it right. That one state should not be able to challenge another state's results and say that they shouldn't have done whatever they did. The problem is we're not in an ideal world. The court itself mm. has done exactly what it said it wasn't gonna do in this case by having decisions at the st- that that told states how to have their elections. So we have told states in many cases they can't have voter ID. Mm. We have told states they have to let people vote that shouldn't be voting. We have prevented states from cleaning up their voter rolls, getting the dead people off the voter rolls. Federal courts have been the ones to do that. So they're hypocrites for saying now, Mm. oh, that's federalism. We're not going to step in. We're Mm -hmm. not going to let Texas sue Pennsylvania because of what they did. But yet, for the last 10 years, the federal courts have been the ones to tell the states how they had to hold their elections. So Mm. it's just hypocrisy. It's a double standard. That's why I was so upset that that they threw out the Texas case. In a perfect Mm -hmm. world, the idea of federalism, it's correct. We should not be able to go into another
0: state and tell them how to run their state or how Mm -hmm. to how to do their election laws see but how do you draw the distinction between that Mm -hmm. and then electing someone that is going to be in charge of a government that within the right parameters does have control over certain areas yeah of all 50 states i don't i don't want to i don't want to be
1: too philosophical about this but Mm -hmm. i mean the problem is the federal government being too involved in our lives so the president should not be that important to us. That's mm-hmm. what it really comes down to. The president's job mm-hmm. should be to protect us from foreign entities. The president's job should be kind of a national evangelist in terms of patriotism, in terms of us having a strong military, um, a good a good economic system. Mm-hmm. They should not be passing policy on COVID, wearing a mask. Joe Biden's number one item is going to be for 100 days, everybody's going to wear the mask, even though... All the data shows that makes no difference whatsoever. But Mm -hmm. it should not be taking money from you to give to someone else in another state, right? We let the federal government get involved in all of these things in our life, and it's made the president and the Supreme Court so important when they shouldn't be. So -hmm. that's my philosophical answer. Mm -hmm i realize that's not the state of our situation that's why we need a convention of states that's why we need the states to take the power back put -hmm. the federal government back in the box that it should be in we need a federal government we want to have a federal government i'm not anti-government but Mm -hmm. they should only do the things that that only the federal government can do as lined out by the constitution yeah so i mean that's the big problem from a practical perspective though the deck is stacked the court should have out of a sense of justice. Remember, that's what we're after is justice. Yeah. They they always use technicalities to get the result that they want. And this is not a just result. To allow cheating to have happened, to allow unconstitutional decisions to have been made that do impact Texas and everybody else, even though mm-hmm. those decisions were made in these other states, it's not justice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you think of anything else uh, when it comes to the, the idea behind the Texas lawsuit? Can you think of any other area where states can affect other states and someone might think of this whole like suing another state? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you have of.
1: you have examples. I mean, uh, these are going to be bad examples where they shouldn't be able to sue. So in other words, you have somebody that's traveling through Texas and goes to the state capitol and sees our Ten Commandments monument on the, on the capitol grounds and they sue. They don't even live there, but mm-hmm. somehow it ruined their day so bad that they think they have standing in federal court to say, you can't have the Ten Commandments at your state capitol, even though I don't live in Austin. I don't even think the guy lived in Texas. and So just mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So you go into somebody else's county. And so, you but, sue but, over but, a cross or whatever—that's that's the type of thing we're talking about,
0: right? But again, I mean, how, can't you draw a distinction between an individual doing something like that and then an entire state versus an entire state and both of their desired? outcomes? You should outcomes? be able
1: to. You should be able to. That's why I'm saying they they held they they hung their hat on a little technicality that in this right. case, if they looked at the big picture from a justice perspective, they should have said, you know, yeah, of course you have standing because this affected you in Texas in a big way. Mm-hmm. That Ten Commandments monument being at the Capital Grounds of Austin does not affect some guy from Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So you could definitely say that guy doesn't have standing to be able to sue Texas on that particular thing. And And
0: I get the opening the door to what we don't want. I get that whole argument. But it just seems to me that these states getting away with fraud and cheating and overtaking more electoral votes than they should have been is just cutting the legs out from under somebody like Texas and invalidating their electoral votes towards something that the nation wants as a whole.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think I think there's a um, the way the court's ruling right now. It's like like my friend Daniel Horwood says they've stacked the deck so that heads they win, tails we lose. <laughs> In other yeah. words, they win no matter what. Right. You know, they right. they, they get their their outcome yeah. uh, no matter what, and that's yeah. what's got to change. And and that's not going to change with just a, a Supreme Court decision or a presidential election. That's True. the long term game, right? That's yeah. the battle that we've got over the next ten years of restructuring the system so that the balance of power is closer to us the people and so that each state can do what they want I mean that's that's you know the 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 real problem we've got right now is California people trying to tell Texas people how to live Texas people trying to tell California people how to live yeah you know let each state have their own lifestyle laws, what's allowed, what's obscene, what's not obscene. Let them have their community values, and then vote with your feet. Go move to California if you want to live in Sodom and Gomorrah and have craziness all the time, and anybody Mm -hmm. can vote, and everybody does whatever they want, and churches can't meet for, you know. If you want all that, go move to a state that does that. But if you want freedom, and you want liberty, and you want... Decency, and you want you don't want you know billboards with naked women on it and all that kind of stuff. That's I mean, if you want to have a a values based community, you ought to be able to do that. And so mm. then you have conservative states and you have left wing states and let people choose where they live. But we stay together as a nation in terms of our yeah. economy and in terms of our national defense. But you, we're, we're split down the middle in terms of our values right now, mm-hmm. and we should let that split take place take place on a on a state by state basis.
0: Yeah, um, the idea that Mark Meckler presented in one of your recent Constitution courses while we were here at Frontend yeah. actually, where we talked about how we can bypass all this confusion and the voter fraud and everything for each state. Basically, every county gets one vote, yeah. and you basically just have a mini electoral college in each state. That then cast their vote for the bigger electoral college. What's your? I love it. I love it. What it what it
1: does is it de-emphasizes the big cities. Hmm. That's what that's what it does. Because you take almost any state right now, and the big city drives that state's Mm -hmm. electoral vote for their for their governor for their for when they vote for president, any of their statewide elections. Mm -hmm. Um, So you take, I mean, Texas right now. And
0: theoretically, any state could do that right now. Oh, yeah. The
1: the legislature absolutely has the power to decide, hey, we're going to change how we choose our electors. And what we're going to do is we're going to let Texas has 254 counties. Every county gets one vote. Mm -hmm. And so whoever gets, you know, 50% plus one wins the Texas electoral votes. Mm -hmm. And now your big cramped in cities, um, if they run up the vote, if they cheat, the best they're going to get is their one vote in that county Mm -hmm. instead of getting all Electoral—they're one vote for the Electoral College votes of that state. I yeah. mean, heck, I'd be for that in terms of governor and everything else. Here's where that runs into problems with most people that haven't been taught good civics and how federalism works. Is it's we have this idea of of one person, one vote, and whoever gets the most votes wins. That's pu- that's more of a democracy or a pure republic where we're a mm-hmm. constitutional republic, a federalist kind of constitutional republic, so that um, you know we have this balance where you have a Senate. Where even a small state has as much power in that in the U.S. Senate as a big state, mm-hmm. because Wyoming gets two U.S. senators, Texas gets two U.S. senators, so we have the mm-hmm. same power in the Senate. Over on the House, we have more representatives in Texas because we have more people in Texas. So you know, I think that same genius of the founding fathers should be played out at the state level, and mm-hmm. that, and that's kind of what Mark's saying is. Change the way you choose electors so that each county gets one vote, and then you'll rural places will have more power than the cities, which I'm for. I, I think that's a good good plan, just like we do in the U.S. Senate, and maybe start doing that for your state senates across the you know each state senate do the same thing, make it where it's not based on uh, population, but it's based on counties. Mm. And that that's the same way that our U.S. Senate works.
0: Yeah. What do you think of the the idea, and if there's any grounds for this at all working um what if each state just cast their electoral votes the way we elect we did elect our senators before the 17th amendment
1: the legislature choose them yeah yeah no a lot of states used to do that i mean they they used to choose the electors right out of the let's legislature. just
0: bypass the stupidity of the voters and just <laughs> let the electors
1: <laughs> yeah. well there no, is there, <laughs> there is absolutely something to be said for i mean the reason representative government is designed the way that it is it's is because we don't, most citizens don't have time to go study every issue you're busy mm-hmm. making a living you're raising your family that's why you send a representative to your state government or into the federal government so that they can go study those issues and and represent you yeah. just like the term means yeah. and actually actually uh, vote for you in each of those cases mm-hmm. and so the founders viewed the presidency the same way that you would have electors that were making that decision for you they were choosing the president because they were vetting the presidential candidates they were studying them mm-hmm. they were looking close at them instead of you making a decision based on a 30-second commercial that plays you know and, and try and, and and it becomes this emotional decision that's yeah. not based in real research mm-hmm. you you basically are entrusting someone else to go make that decision for you because you know they're doing the homework so you have mm-hmm. to choose that person wisely and that's that's representative government as well that, and that's mm-hmm. how we used to choose our senators like you're saying the legislature would choose those senators, and that way the Senate in Washington, D.C. would protect the states, and it wouldn't allow the federal government to get like it is today. So that's a whole other topic, but the 17th Amendment was horrible. We need to re- yeah. re- restore the power of the Senate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Any other big updates on the election currently? Well, just just, wa- right just watch that new
1: suit by Trump on Saturday. is going to be big, I think. that okay. That's the one out of Pennsylvania. Um, if you want my prediction for what's going to happen, mm-hmm. um, I, I think there's a 20% chance that, that Trump could win under one of these scenarios and be sworn in on January 20th. I think there's an 80% chance that, that unfortunately, uh, we're going to be looking at Biden and Harris for the next four years. Um, I think the, the actual decision-making that's going to happen, I think the Supreme Court's going to take one of these cases. They're going to rule that, say, in Pennsylvania, the law was broken, the Constitution was broken, and Pennsylvania's electoral votes are thrown out. But mm-hmm. Biden still wins because they don't throw out the other states. Mm-hmm. They would have to throw out three states, Pennsylvania, and either Wisconsin and Michigan or Wisconsin and Georgia or Mm -hmm. Michigan and Georgia um, in order for it to reverse it and actually give the election to to Mm -hmm. Trump. And so I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll throw out one of those states, use it as an example, and say, don't cheat anymore. You know, Bad boy, don't cheat anymore. Do this right next time. And so I think that would at least help in the future elections. It's much better than them not taking any of these cases because Mm -hmm. if we don't do anything about this, 2022 will be worse. Mm. 2024 will be worse than 2022. You know, it'll Mm. just keep sliding downhill.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we just are completely losing our trust in our election process as well. Just the nation as a whole. Um, But much hope for the future, knowing that we're uh, half the country at least still loves freedom and we're fighting for it. And let me
1: say this before you cut me off here, Um, because I said state legislators have all this power. You have more power than them. Absolutely. We the people are in charge. And, and, Mm. And if there's any lesson we should take from this election... It's that we can't sit back and not pay attention. We've got to yeah. do more. And that's why we do what we do as a family. It's why we encourage everybody at home, become Constitution coaches, start hosting classes, just get more involved. I mean, if you want your country to be free, you have to take on that responsibility. You can't count on some politician to solve everything for you. Mm-hmm. you got to get involved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Well, January 6th is the date to be watching out for. That is when everything is going to go down, and we're going to finally get some answers on this. Um, again... Not really sure what kind of predictions we can make, but we're just kind of waiting, and we'll see what happens. Just make sure
1: you have a lot of popcorn handy.
0: Yeah, it's going to be quite an entertaining show, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Guys, thanks for watching. Uh, no Bullcrap Podcast. Make sure to share. Uh, on social media, the podcast apps. And again, if you want to get one of those hats, defender-gear.com, code Reagan10 for 10% off. I hope everybody has a very blessed and awesome Christmas and New Year's. We've been so busy and traveling, I haven't really been had time to get in the Christmas mood, but I'm excited for it. Excited to get home and spend some time with family. So I appreciate y'all listening and spending some time with us. Dad, thanks for joining me in the studio again. You bet, bud. <laughs> All right, catch you guys later.